0: And that's it for Chess. So much for Chess. (laughs) What do you want to talk about? (laughs) Did you have anything in mind? I did. Did you? I did. Okay. Yeah. of all (laughs) shall we just let people know that this is in fact a frith cast it is a frith cast
1: hello lovely listeners hello welcome around the virtual campfire settle in settle in settle in budge up everybody find a nice comfy space wherever your comfy is all good grab a drink of choice kettle is on biscuit tin is making its way around with the hedgehog guard don't put your hand outside the tin you'll get a handful of prickles just make sure you watch where you're Putting to get the good biscuits.
0: Indeed, leave me a bourbon, please.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. And all that. And yeah, settle in around the virtual campfire. Mm-hmm. So before we start, I am half your hosting team. My name is Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen
0: with a head full of mostly stuff. Mostly stuff? A, 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 a wide variety. Yeah. A selection.
1: Too wide. A... It's like a selection box of knowledge and then you're just left with all the boring bits.
0: I was going to say, like like one of them sort of biscuit party boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I've um... opened
1: those. There's no party in them. <laughs> just biscuits.
0: Well, it's like... Last last time we were talking about fun-sized Mars bars. Fun-sized Mars bars. Glum-sized, because they're so fun-sized small. Fun-sized Mars bars. Um, Glump-sized Mars bars. I am the other half. Because you can just glump them in one go. You can. Yeah. But... I am the other half of your hosting team. My name is Kate. And I am not a heathen. Uh, although I consider myself heathen friendly. Um, and indeed heathen married. Hooray! Um wait. No, no, that's okay, it's me, isn't it? It's to you. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. good,
1: I was just wondering there. Yeah,
0: no, it's fine. It's oh, all good. cool. Okay. Carry um on. and but but mostly I I mean I have a I have a head full of Star Trek trivia and i'm here because this is where i live so and you're a coffee powered druid i am a coffee powered druid that's true in fact i have my coffee right Hello. here we
1: have our coffees ready to go so before we get started and we're going to go on a bit of a mental zoom around tonight but before we get started tonight we just wanted to say a great big warm frithcasty welcome in only the way the virtual campfire knows how which is quite
0: unique and what? probably spitting, banned in spitting some Spitting Embers and Crackling.
1: That's the one. Okay. <laughs> so all the lovely people in Awaken the North, if you are looking for an international, inclusive heathen organisation that is very active, they are on Facebook. You can go and join their public group. And if you like what you see, there is a members group as well. They are also on Discord. So, yeah, give them a check out. See what you think.
0: Very much worth it. Hi there, awake in the north. So, yes, welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-nine. One hundred and thirty-nine already. Get in. It only feels like a week. Um,
1: that's since a lie. A
0: week since when? It doesn't feel like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know what a week feels like anymore.
0: Who does? What is? What is clock? I do not know. What is I, clock? What is I calendar? Um, I, um, I, I, I believe you had a thing that you wished to discuss. I did. In particular this, this I evening. I
1: wanted to end with the big firework finish of the nature of reality and consciousness. But before we dive into those fabulous waters... <laughs> I wanted to look at something a little bit different. Okay. So this... In these last few days... I've gotten to go to a, um, a a symposia, an academic symposia, which does not have that meaning, but the modern one, thank you very much.
0: Okay. You're um, going to have to explain that now.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to go to an academic conference, and I'm no longer an academic. Mm-hmm. My studies completed quite a while ago now but every now and again there are academic conferences in the UK that are also open to the public to attend. Okay. And these are great (laughs) because I get to go and listen to the latest research from scholars who specialize in an aspect of the Vikings Mm -hmm. and be able to listen to their current research projects which is often months or years before the research paper comes out yeah because they're in the middle of the research they haven't finished it yet so i get to go to this particular conference which is uh, is free and go along and listen to the stuff and it tends to i was sort of reflecting on it after i went and thinking well this is actually quite a big part of my faith practice yeah the the sort of the balance of academia, of research, of reading, of being able to learn more and more detail about that period gives me a better and clearer understanding of what those relationships, that culture might have been like, what they were doing in certain circumstances, what their, you know, what their trade network looked like, what the early encounters, one of the papers was like the, the earliest encounters between the Rus people and the Byzantines, Okay. and what they were like, and that helps me build up that knowledge base mm. from which I can then build, put additional blocks. Okay. So for me, the academic, the research side is a really valuable and important part of how I view my faith practice. I love learning new stuff about Vikings. Yeah, seems reasonable. That is the short, short version. <clears throat> so so getting to go to an academic practice or finding um, free-to-access, open-access academic research online or, or being gifted a copy of a, a, an electronic book that is free to distribute, and I'm like, ooh, this is great. I need to read that and I need to... Absorb that and get it in. Yeah, that's a big part of how I interact with my faith and how I deepen my faith and how I—I I don't know how I construct it along the way because I'm experiencing it and constructing it at the same time.
0: Yeah, you. This is the sort of the way you immerse yourself in that that yeah. that sort of uh, mental mode, let's say, or spiritual mode.
1: Yeah, kind of. It's a big part of my spirituality mode, mm. um, and it's the same with dreaming dreaming is the only point going back to last time's episode that your brain simultaneously constructs an experiences a reality second yeah. by second still wish so, you wouldn't do it but... <laughs> so academia for me my relationship to my faith is i like a big solid dollop of academia in there yeah because that helps me understand and deepen my understanding of the various groups of people, of their activities, of their responses to certain things that are going on, their trade networks, their culture, their values. All helps me build up a picture of what's important in their faith, mm. which I can then use in the modern area to say, right, which of those values come through to where I am now? Not all of them do.
0: Although, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of be preempting what you might well be about to talk about um but we obviously we have the myth cycle yes um so we know sort of who the gods were and we know some yeah, of the things that they give did take. And, yeah yeah and, you know <clears throat> uh we have the eddas yes the sagas <clears throat> the sagas all of these things were written at, at different times in different places and so forth yep. and, and and in in that respect i'm going to make a very uh, potentially quite sensitive comparison I apologize if you know I'm going too far but um, it, it sort of puts me in mind if you're going to use those as a sort of a scriptural base um, I guess it's not dissimilar to the Bible in that it's compiled <laughs> from text written by a number of different authors over a quite a potentially quite a long period of time. I mean Yeah, the
1: Bible's like sixty four different books.
0: Yeah. In so,
1: one binding so
0: that's your know, handy
1: reference copy of all these sixty four yeah. <laughs> books in one place.
0: Um, lots of different authors, lots of different time <clears throat> periods. Yeah. Um difficult to tell whether somebody was like a direct witness to something or whether they were Telling a story that they'd been told, who'd been told it by somebody else, or what yeah. have you. Um, and I am under the impression that in a lot of cases, the the stories that we have of Norse, for want of a better word, religion, yes, tend to be of that kind of nature. They 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 come from disparate it's sources a, and different. Yeah, it's a,
1: it's a patchwork of bits.
0: Yeah. Do you find that learning the the, the the sort of about the academic the social parts of things which perhaps we have a bit more of an academic bead on if you like mm-hmm. yeah because we know how we, they lived and we know where they lived and they they wrote stuff down you know which yeah, is we've handy.
1: got we've got accounts of them and of those lifestyles and we have not necessarily their own accounts of their own lifestyles but we have other people looking in yeah so you have the Muslim travelers, Ibn Fadlan. Ibn Fadlan is one. There's a, at least two or three others that I can think that do the same kind of thing, although they're not quite as well known as mm. his own account. Um, you've got things like the the books of settlement, the Landnamabok, the settlements of Iceland.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So how they settle it? What's happening there? How they do they bring the same social networks across from where they came from do they just take that whole thing and plant it yeah or do they start forming new networks do they start adapting to this new land this new place and yeah so i love the the, the texts that we have are they can be quite detailed some of them can overlap and so what we can have in translation is like the bible you can have two or three overlapping texts that they've that are all fragmentary, that they've kind of fitted together yeah. to make the one narrative again. Yeah. yeah. So it might not be quite <clears throat> the right, exactly the right narrative. We've got, like, fragments of bits of it, and we are trying to put it together as best we can. You're
0: not necessarily sure there isn't a bit missing, or...
1: Yeah, and or you've got at least three different authors' voices in there, all writing for different reasons. Yeah. You're kind of a bit do you?
0: I mean, do you find conflicts? I mean, one of the... the, the... You know, a lot of Christian scholars have spent a lot of time oh, yes. working working through the some of the sort of contradictions between yeah. various different authors' points of view and and, and and so on. I mean, do you do you find that happens with your
1: yes and no versions of things? Yeah, or? depending on what level you study them at, a bit like the Bible. Mm. Depending on what level you study them at, if you're going into deep dives, I think it's Yale University, Harvard is it Harvard's Theological College has a set of lectures online about different books in the Bible and yeah. they go way deep into those and they're looking at picking out specific authors and they're looking at different linguists and they're really going into it we don't quite have the same equivalent yet Right. but one easy example that comes to mind is Hod
0: Hod uh, is the did we talk about him in the last We're not in, in the last, last one have we talked about him recently I can't yeah, I can't really like, you, and I, episode, have talked you about and I have him. talked mm-hmm. about him
1: but he's the blind, bro- blind blind brother of Baldur
0: and he's the one who in my recollection is that he's the one who is handed the mistletoe dart by Loki yes. yep and uh, so he can join in the fun of Uh, throwing things at balder who's invincible and now we're back to dreams
1: again because that starts with balder's dream but yes that's one version of hod but there's another version okay so that's the version that a lot of heathens know yeah but there's a second text that tells the story a little bit differently lovely listeners around the virtual campfire if you have the additional mental energies go and have a look at the two versions and compare them for yourself okay and that might you know be a good way to start looking at comparing characters in texts and comparing origin stories and the one that we're most familiar with and yet there's a second one that isn't quite the same mm. Mm. of his his role his character what he does okay so yeah lovely listeners challenge for you we're probably going to go all over the place with this one but yeah we're going to start out with academia which is where we started and i was saying that i balance that but i can't balance it against nothing Mm. it's got to be balanced with something else and i tend to balance it with my sensory and physical experience of sharing ritual of talking with other heathens of time in prayer of preparing ritual of having ceremony of doing those experiencing and living that faith in that very direct way
0: yeah
1: is balanced for me against the academic research and learning and sharing and understanding of knowledge so i have to for me i see the two in balance Mm. in what i do i can't do one without the other I could very, very easily lose myself in academia but my faith practice would not grow and develop if I didn't suffer, yeah. And I can't for me, I don't find I can just rely on sensory experience or mental experience of direct experience of faith without the academia and the knowledge to put that into context.
0: Because that give yeah, that like, gives you the, and, the, the sort of environment that Yeah that your, your, your sort of faith sense kind of slots into.
1: Yes, yeah, that gives me the, the, the cultural value framework that then when I um, make an offering and I offer in a bowl and I pour water out for the land spirits or I give bird seed to the land spirits, I have historical context for doing that. Mm. But against that kind of balancing act, there is also the tension that I live in the modern day I can't do things the way a 10th century Scandinavian would do things.
0: And there's no question living in the modern day does involve tension. It does, but I can't directly
1: replicate the things that they did because I don't have a society that values those same things in that culture anymore. Yeah. When somebody of import dies, I can't go and sacrifice their horse and send it with them.
0: No <laughs>
1: yeah the crematorium would look very surprised <laughs> with a coffin in a back and a horse on the roof rack it's not
0: gonna work <laughs> particularly when you when somebody has to explain to you but they didn't own a horse yeah it? it's like
1: well I'm not I asking just... don't ask no that's that yeah don't don't ask me where I got it from it's fine
0: it's like with just the, it's like with the flowers I just picked picked them on the way here yes. <laughs> Not good.
1: So there are things that I cannot replicate. In the same way, I have to find a way of interpreting and transposing those values across into acceptable modern contexts. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the, the phrase that a lot of us know is UPG.
0: UPG, I know this one. Go on then. This is... Unverified personal gnosis. Yeah. With a G that you don't pronounce on gnosis. Yes. Not to be confused with gnus
1: Or geonosians.
0: Or geonosians. Yeah. Which are a sort of a variety of wildebeest that build lethal space stations.
1: Which are the ones that build lots of djangoes?
0: That's They're the beginning. Caminoans. No, they don't begin with a G. No. No. Although, interesting fact, in Rome, in ancient Rome, they might have done. Because in ancient Rome, they didn't have a, Romans didn't have a K. They didn't have a letter K. They only had a, a C. What in British primary schools you get taught uh, is called the Curlica, as opposed to the Kikinka.
1: My God, you've just brought up <clears throat> memories that are 40 years old. Yeah, oh! There you go. Yeah. Ow. So they the Romans, probably don't teach it that way anymore. I'm sure ow. they don't. No,
0: they, they're much more sophisticated oh. these days, I've no doubt. But
1: um, Hang on a minute. No, I'm back to where we were. Okay. Carry on.
0: So the letter K, K for kilo, didn't used to exist in the Roman alphabet. Mm-hmm. They only had C for Charlie. But they pronounced the C as a hard K. Mm -hmm. They also had a letter G, which they always pronounced as a hard G sound. Mm. The interesting thing is those letters, particularly in names, those letters were interchangeable. So um, Nius Pompeius Magnus, Pompey Magnus, who Caesar, Mm. Caesar fought, or Caesar fought, um... Would have been equally naios and Knaius. Um, so the Caminoans wouldn't have had a K; mm-hmm. they would have had a, a C, mm-hmm. and it would have been pronounced, still pronounced Caminoans, unless you pronounced it Gaminoans, in which case they'd get confused with the Gamorians, and we're in a different kind of trouble.
1: Yeah, we are a bit. What were we talking about I again? Don't remember. <laughs>
0: But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking. I'm gonna I'm winding. I'm, I'm, hang on. Hang on. Ooh, just hang trace on. it
1: back. Follow Gamorians, it back.
0: Follow it back. Follow it back. Caminoans. Camorians. Uh, uh, Romans. Pompey Magnus. Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. Um, but uh, in
1: Jehovah, I begins with a J.
0: Yes. <laughs> Don't tread on the J tile.
1: Don't. Don't um, go towards the light
0: <laughs> It's so beautiful Bonk um, And eventually we come back to Caminoans. We come back to Geonosians We come back to Gnu's We come back to Unverified Personal Gnosis Thank you very much
1: I am in awe There you go I can never follow my thought pattern backwards as fast as I went through it for it <laughs> doesn't work unverified personal gnosis tell us
0: about it what is it
1: okay so unverified personal gnosis is a term that you will often see in uh, paganism more broadly actually will generally tend to use it for uh, as a, a phrase for your own personal experience so when you are maybe discussing things in a, a, a group at a moot at a kindred at a grove uh, at a coven or you're discussing things online it's generally etiquette to mark the parts that are your own personal experience with upg okay so that they can be distinguished from aforementioned academic book understandings yeah okay and i've kind of come to the point where i'm really not fond of that phrase of upg hmm Not because I don't feel that there needs to be a distinction between personal experience and academic exploration, but because for me, I think there needs to be more weight put on personal experience. Okay. It's not unverified. It's my own personal experience. It is valid. Mm. It is visions, it is portents it is dreams, it is omens it is you know, if you have a (sighs) lovely listeners around the virtual campfire, I'm going to ask you just to imagine for a moment that there is kind of random Christian with us just shuffle up make a bit of space for them Mm -hmm. but random Christian would say something like, you know, I've been studying the Bible, I've had a dream and an angel came to me and said this thing And that, to me, is generally given more weight than a pagan community will give somebody saying unverified personal gnosis. All of our faith is unverified personal gnosis. All of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I... Even, like...
1: 10th century scandinavians it's their own personal experience which somebody wrote down and it's managed to transcend into academia of somebody's personal account of what happens when
0: but it started out as it started an individual personal experience an
1: individual personal experience so Mm. for me there needs to be another phrase for that that has less negative connotations and dismissal as upg has oh well you know i had a vision of you know, a raven and they told me a message, oh well that's just unverified personal gnosis. I'm I'm dismissing that in favour of waiting towards academia.
0: That I think is the thing, is is the the issue is the issue is the connotation of the word. Um I mean even personal gnosis would be would be okay. I mean gnosis is knowledge.
1: Yes. Basically, personal, it's, a, it's personal a, experience, personal knowledge,
0: knowledge and understanding is, this, the, is is the meaning of of the word as I as I know, understand it. I think it's Greek.
1: I went into trance and this was my vision.
0: Yeah. So if you want to say I've had, I have personal gnosis relating to the mm. but slapping unverified on the front kind of flags this as it 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 almost connotes it can. We don't believe this. Yeah,
1: it can automatically be dismissed because it's. How I've seen this used, especially um, when it goes up against academic sources. Mm. Oh well, we're going to believe the academia and dismiss. Well, I had a message from, you know, Fuller came to me and gave me this task.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh well, no, Fuller doesn't do that in the academic sources. Therefore, your experience is invalid. It's like no, it's it is valid.
0: Yeah.
1: And so then your thoughts go deeper into what is reality and where does that we each have our own individual perception of what reality is and our own individual experiences inside our faith yeah but what are they what is what is our relationship to reality and that our faith is part of that bigger picture
0: well i mean as you as as I don't know whether you know. Um, you might. Our, our listeners might not. I don't know. 139 episodes. They might have picked tweaked. it up by now. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the kind of question that interests me enormously. What What is the nature of things? I mean, we're all interested in this to, to yeah. some degree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not professing any. I don't pretend to be a, a proper philosopher or anything like that. But. When we are talking about things like... I, I tend not to be dismissive of, say, paranormal experiences. Um, Bring it away from, from inverted commas, religion for a, a, a second or two. You know, somebody tells me... If somebody tells me, in all seriousness, that they saw a UFO. We're supposed to call them UAP now. Really? Yeah. Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Okay. Um I did not know this. This is a thing in the UFO community, yeah. Um but um or the UAP community I suppose. Um but people tell me in in all earnestness that they have seen a UFO, they've seen a ghost, they've seen a cryptid or what have you.
1: Yeah. How do I you am not inclined from a vision or a dream of A god or a message from a raven or a...
0: Well, exactly. I am not inclined to... dismiss. shamanic
1: trance. How do you...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not inclined to dismiss that simply on the basis that science tells me that those things don't exist. Now, whether or not that thing has an objective reality or not, that is... See, I love me some science. I tend to be very. I, I love science. I'm I'm I am absolutely fascinated. I'm very very respectful of science. I'm very respectful of the scientific method to the point where, yeah, I get into arguments with with uh, people who are promoting particular particular religious points of view, especially when I think they're damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not going to call anybody out specifically, <coughs> young Earth creationists. Um, <coughs> but um,
1: you're right there, dear. Do you want a drink? I'm
0: fine, flat earthers. <coughs> But, um, you know, there are a reality, a somebody's reality is an individual experience. It has to be, because it is right. all about how the brain interprets stimuli coming coming in from outside.
1: So that's like somebody's faith being an individual personal re- experience, because it has to be. Yeah. It can't, again, it's you interpreting stimuli, whether you're seeing patterns in in birds whether you're reading rooms and getting things through those whether you're having visions or you're going into trance and doing safe work whether you're having communications with land spirits yeah it's the same thing it's that perception of what is reality
0: exactly and i i'm not saying you know objective reality is meaningless and we should give up science and everybody just does what they want i'm i'm not saying that at all i'm so, what all i'm saying is that um i mean there are certain things that that we have to objectively agree on because we can we can evidence them but i'm talking about i've always viewed faith religion a religious outlook let's say as a matter of it makes it sound a little bit trivial but i've always viewed religion uh or a religious position as a matter of aesthetics it's Mm -hmm. like
1: you see i could disagree i'm going to disagree with you on that point but okay uh,
0: okay when i say aesthetic i don't necessarily mean just you know is this a pretty picture yeah but it's what i mean is just as like you and i might go and look at a painting and you'll look at it and maybe appreciate the, the, the high art and the, you know, you'll see it as a great masterpiece where I might look at it and, and, and think, I, I don't get it. It mm. doesn't do anything for me. And that's basically what I mean. It's like we we all see the world in, as far as I'm aware, roughly the same way. You know, the, the same things are in it, at least. I mean, we might not see them in exactly the same shades of color or mm. what have you but but we can all agree there's a sun in the sky in the daytime there are trees there are you know buildings and all that kind of thing um but yet some of us will see no no trace of divinity at all in any of that some of us will see the hand of god and some of us will see the work of or the manifestation of the gods mm. we're all looking at the same thing but our brains are interpreting it in these different ways
1: so more like a lens
0: yeah i guess a filter of sorts yeah, yeah
1: rather than you see when you said i view it as an aesthetic i was like aesthetic like lifestyle choice and i was like mm, no i'm going to disagree with that because no, a, no it's not a choice but you're right it is like a lens yeah that i see things clearer through the lens of my faith and that helps me see things, brings things into focus. Yeah. Um, but you're right. People do see the nature of reality and the world. in. We experience it in our consciousness in different ways. Mm. And how, you know, big mind expanding thought, we're all experiencing reality individually. We're all experiencing our faith individually. Yeah. And yet I can turn around to you and go, well, I balance my faith as between it's kind of in the gap between academic academia and personal experience. Yeah. And it's also got that tension between how they did things in that culture in the past. Yeah. How I can do things now. Yeah. So it's like pulling itself in four different directions. And I've just got to find that balance point in the middle of all four. Yeah. To find where I am most comfortable with how I explore, develop, and express the faith that I have.
0: Mm. You have um you have a set of a set of gods that are strongly associated with the culture from a, a thousand years ago. Um
1: I have a set of unsubtle gods is what <laughs> I have. <laughs> Indeed. They are
0: not subtle. But at the same time it they are at the, at the risk of sailing very close to a common christian phrase you know they are living gods mm. and they exist in the world now yes so
1: what is the nature of their existence in the world now
0: and how is how are they
1: perceiving their reality now and yeah yeah they could get some very big deep questions around the virtual campfire yeah. so yeah lovely listeners this is where my head's been at since i kind of came back from my online academic conference where I spent pretty much the whole day listening to and talking with academics at the forefront some of the cutting-edge research that's being done at the moment the the absolute you know to the minute of where their research projects are and those papers and those books are ones we'll not probably see for a few years
0: Mm. which I mean hopefully was a very rewarding (gasps) experience amazing
1: yes Mm. love me some academia
0: But it's fair to say that there was no... It it wasn't a heathen event.
1: It wasn't, and it wasn't... It was my kind of spirituality, but it wasn't necessarily every heathen's kind of spirituality. It was was my absolute happy place.
0: Yeah, but there was no UPG involved in that.
1: There was no UPG involved in that. It was all, you know, academic writing in third-person academia rather than... I experienced this and I undertook that. It's it's very much a particular style of writing where it's very much distanced from the person experiencing it or the person who's having the idea that this theory might have weight. Yeah. And they're exploring it to see how far it'll go and whether they can see things in a different way.
0: Mm.
1: So it all kind of comes down to reality. Yeah. And how much coffee we've got left in the pot. <laughs> And exactly how late it is around the virtual campfire wherever you are listening to this. Because these kind of questions where you sit and ponder the nature of reality, these are conversations that can go on well into the night.
0: They can indeed. Well, so, I th- <laughs> lovely listeners, if you want to
1: keep them going, yeah, you know <clears throat> where to find us.
0: <laughs> we're i mean—we're always happy to talk about this, this kind of thing. I mean, you, you, you talk about... Um unverified personal gnosis is not being a particularly ideal term no i like say i'd it,
1: like to put a vote towards changing that to a, a different less negative or damaging mm. term for
0: even where if we only... can
1: value and validate people's personal experiences inside our faith
0: yeah i mean even if it's only a a word dropped off the front mm. even if it's only get rid of unverified because, like I say, unverified brings with it that connotation of not to be believed, mm. um, and it's it's compared to some terms, it's relatively neutral, but it still has that that sense to it. This is something that is in Bless doubt. Yeah. yeah, and I don't
1: like that. I like you know i want when i experience my face with faith with my senses mm. that to me is as valid as me sitting at an academic conference for a day that yeah. sense of absolute connection in the moment that yeah that connection to a kindred that connection to heathens across the world when i talk with them that connection to people in the interfaith group that we work with mm. those connections mm. when we have those and they are in the moment and you get that sense of connectedness
0: i mean you mentioned interfaith and it and it i grew up um through as a as a as a, a child and a, and a young adult i grew up grew up through two churches i was raised christian mm-hmm. um or in a christian environment so may well have said before i started out church of england and Church of England is a fairly ritualised, not to the same extent that Roman Catholicism is, but Church of England is a fairly ritualised, fairly formalised practice. You, if you, if you comply with the the sort of expectations, you go to church on a Sunday, you um, sing hymns, you say prayers, you listen to the vicar's sermon, uh, and then you, and then you come away. Um, there isn't really any room for a person to necessarily develop a a personal relationship with god because the vicar as the name suggests is vicarius christi the vicar is the person who's there in place of christ so you tend to use them as a conduit to get to god
1: saint if you're catholic uh
0: in catholicism yes you can pray to a as an an intercessory prayer yeah
1: intercess intercessory yeah
0: um now in the second church i went to when i was a young young adult that was a a, a pentecostal church so wow uh, that's a very
1: different experience very different
0: and it was still led by a pastor but you were it was much more expected that you would form a personal relationship with With God with Jesus he would be part of your life you would talk direct to him and um, you although you would do as the pastor said you know and all that kind of thing it Mm. was it was much more Um, so in the first case of the the C of E church you might not expect an awful lot of unverified personal gnosis going Mm. on Um, because if you needed to know something the vicar would tell you Mm in the second example in the pentecostal church people would have their visions and people would have visitations and they'd have sudden inspirations and enlightenments from god and nobody questioned it nobody no. went well that's unverified so
1: yeah you you've got to not do that and just go and read the research and the commentary and yeah
0: people would just go hallelujah and and that was it it was yeah it was, it's more it of a celebrated
1: of thing. valued rejoiced Mm. part of faith practice and i would like to see that for yes for heathenism but also for paganism in general i'd Mm. like us to be able to get to a point where we celebrate those personal moments of connection whether they be vision dream trance whether they be us interpreting Bird flight signs in the sky, getting a message from some other way, and being yeah. able to share that and know that it is a point of celebration.
0: Yeah, without necessarily having to reach straight for the history book and say, "Well, did they ever used to do this back in yeah. the tenth century?" Yeah, we're or in what a
1: we're in a different world now. Mm. Even though you know perception of reality aside, we're in a different space. So yeah. I think there is tension between what our academia sources, what our historical sources, our archaeological sources tell us happened then, and what we can do now, mm. what we can achieve now, and how we can go about finding that balance between what happened then, what is happening to us now, yeah. without automatically having to research, you know, reach for a history book and, and having to defend our position when we've just had the most profound you know, visionary experience. We've had the most profound trance work and we want to share that. Yeah. We're excited about it. We would, you would to say, wow, this amazing thing happened to me and I want to share it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think from what I've seen, it almost takes a second, uh, like it's a sort of a secondary thing to hard evidence, written sources and academia, but academia is a patchwork.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's a, the original sources are a mess, and yeah. we are missing so many of them. so
0: and the academia that you have isn't necessarily looking at the faith elements in the same well, way that
1: we might want them to. yeah, they're yeah.
0: they're looking at the social context and so forth. yeah but, yeah
1: So lovely listeners, we kind of hope that you've been able to stay with us all the way to the end of this mad thought roller coaster today. <laughs> Thank you very much for staying with us around the virtual campfire for this episode. If you want to come and talk to us about this, please do. The virtual virtual campfire is open. You can come and visit us on our Discord server and carry on these conversations, these late night campfire conversations, especially this one where we look at UPG, we look at the nature of reality, we didn't even get to the nature of consciousness, we might have to say that one for another time, but Perhaps so <laughs> that's where we that's where we thought we were gonna go and and hello reality is slightly different and it's taking us in a slightly different direction <laughs> and we're okay with that. So lovely listeners We
0: script this very carefully you know we
1: do not script this at all. You know it. <laughs> lovely listeners, if you want to find us online you can. You can find me, I'm Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that name and you can find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans.
0: And if you want to find me, uh, you're pretty much stuck with Facebook where you'll find me as Kate Coldwind. Um, you can also find our little Facebook page at uh, fb.com slash frithcastpod. That'll lead you to our uh, Facebook group which in turn uh, will guide you to our discord server which is where the main virtual virtual campfire is yes come and um, join us around our love virtual, to see you there
1: yeah come and join us around our virtual virtual campfire <laughs> kettle's always on there's usually somebody about and if you want to come and talk the nature of reality and really get into this stuff we are quite happy to go there definitely so lovely listeners thank you very much for joining us for this episode we will talk to you all next time see you then Bye
0: bye bye bye